Welcome to day 61 of season 2 of Shaped by the Word, the drama of Scripture. Uh, we just concluded our study in the book of Genesis, and it's been deeply rich. And, of course, we are in the habit of giving you cliffhangers uh, on Friday. So here we go once again. We'll start a new book, uh, only to pick it up uh, early next week. Mm-hmm. And part of this, just a reminder that our reading plan also includes on the weekend, uh, you know, about the catch-up day, uh, you know, if you're behind in your reading, but also just kind of a change of pace, a reading from the Psalms. And, of course, the Psalms are there uh, to prepare our hearts for worship. Very often, you know, worship in Christ's church, we uh, we call you into worship with the reading of the Psalms, uh, the plaintive cries and the praises of the psalmist as they uh, cause us to focus our hearts and minds on on, on God and His grace and His goodness through Christ Jesus. So, mm-hmm. take advantage of the the reading. Uh, you know, do it at a different time and a place. Maybe out on your back porch with a cup of coffee. We we usually read the Psalms, you know, as a family around the breakfast table, um, and uh, as we gather in our pajamas from all over the city for theology Saturdays. <laughs> so uh, you can do the same. Before we. Uh, begin our, our journey through Exodus is where God rescues his people and enters into a covenant with his people and reestablishes presence with his people through tabernacle. Uh, let's um, offer this season of reading, this moment of reading uh, in it to the Lord. Father, thank you for the, the gift of scripture. We, we realize that the moment we step into the book of Genesis, we are stepping into a time and place far from us. People uh, who, who think differently than we do and act differently than we do on so many levels but are just like us on so many other levels. We thank you for the story, not of faithful people, but of a faithful God uh, forming an unfaithful people to be a people for himself. And as we pick up the story in Exodus, may we uh, see the heart of what you are doing and how you have called us in Christ Jesus into a covenant with you uh, and how you have established your presence among us and how we are blessed because of who you are. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. These are the names of the sons of Israel who went to Egypt with Jacob, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The descendants of Jacob numbered 70 in all. Joseph was already in Egypt. Now Joseph and all of his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter and harsh with harsh labor and brick and mortar with all kinds of work in the fields, and all their harsh labor the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, when you're helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. 
Then the king of, the, of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and they give birth before the midwives even arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. And here is the cliffhanger we're going to leave you with for the weekend. Whatever you do, do not dare read ahead. Every Hebrew boy that is born to you must be thrown into the Nile. But let every girl live. So there we have an introduction uh, to a new generation uh, in the land of, of Israel. Um, they have prospered for, for a long time, but there's great fear because of their numbers and because of their prosperity uh, that they will indeed, and if you put this in the history of Egypt, there were this, you know, the fringes uh, were sometimes raided by uh, in a, uh, this group called the Hyksos, or the, and, they, and they were shepherds and nomads. And of course, Israelites were of their kind and so the fear is, you know, if the Hyksos finally come in, uh, all the other shepherds we know, which we detest, but we want them to be on our side in battle, you know, we'll join with them. And so that is the fear, you know, of, of the ruler of Egypt. And we're not sure which ruler this is. Uh, he goes unnamed all the way through. He goes unnamed, which is kind of an Egyptian trait. And Egyptians would never name their enemies to kind of reduce them in standing. And uh, that may be, you know, well what is taken here. Could, this could have been uh, most first or second. So King, you know, the famous King, you know, King Tut with all of you know, the riches there. Or it could have been Ramses himself, whom the city was named after. And all of that, depending on how you date the Exodus. Mm -hmm. And all that so far has not been very inspiring. So what do you guys see in this passage that's <laughs> deeply inspiring to you? It's interesting. Barely. <laughs> I'll wait for more. <laughs> yeah. I know. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I think the, the faithfulness of the midwives um, mm -hmm. stands out to me the most, um, and how they were dependent upon God um, and feared God more than they feared Pharaoh. Mm, absolutely. Which I feel like they definitely could have been killed um, for for their defiance and, and their deceit, but but they feared God more. Um, so Absolutely, and it's you know, and those are uh, those are Semitic names rather than Egyptian names. So they are, you know, of the, the similar you know people group, you know, Canaanite or maybe even Israelite as well, you know, as as, as the children of Israel. But you know, just two midwives for such a large group of people. I'm I'm sure sometimes they did get there late for birth, <laughs> yeah. and that. You have to love the response to Pharaoh. Their women are just tougher than our women all, all, all the way through. And of course, as we sit here and record this, you know, Katie is, you know, Katie is, is, is pregnant. Is, is that okay if everybody knows that? Uh, you know, um, and so I'm wondering about the birthing stool, you know, if we couldn't save a lot of money on, on a different method, you know, there. Just a thought, just a thought, man. We'll pray about <laughs> that. We do to save money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll pray about that. Yeah. Um, they do seem so much tougher. And so, and then if I'm getting this right, the like Pharaoh, and he changes the plan, right? And then he tells his people that if they see a boy being born to the Hebrews, um, to throw him into the Nile, right? So he's changing. Uh, probably even more cruel than that. He's demanding uh, of uh, he is demanding of the Israelites that they okay. throw their own own children into the Nile. Which you know would have uh, also been an offering of a sacrifice to you know uh, to 
one of their major gods, which uh, the Nile symbolize and at, at the same time. And, and of course, you've got a theme, you know, that it's about to develop, you know, the, um, uh, the sacrifice of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then doesn't yeah. the Nile, in one of the plagues, isn't the, doesn't the Nile turn to blood? To blood, yeah. Huh. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so much here in this there is. first chapter. Yes. You know, even just we we saw the you know creation mandate, and when God creates Adam and Eve, He commands them to be fruitful and to multiply, and mm-hmm. and now we get this kind of recreation or you know new start with Abraham, and the call to Abraham is to be fruitful and to multiply, and and here it is, mm, they, they were, were exceedingly fruitful and they multiplied, right. you know, and, mm-hmm. and so you're watching this play out now that this is starting to happen, but at the same time, there's this tension now between mm-hmm. this multiplication of God's people and yet the, the, the oppression of God's people, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in fact, and you get the hint, then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing, which also mm-hmm. means to whom God. Joseph's God meant nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so we're watching this kind of conflict beginning to play uh, this out. is beginning to develop mm-hmm. right and, and of course the ties beautifully you know back to god's original intention is that uh, we would be a reflection of his heart and character and that we would you know multiply you know not you know just simply you know uh, in having a, a bunch of kids but yeah. uh, in in reflecting who he is and his character throughout you know the face of the earth till his you know uh, till you know, the glory of the Lord covers, you know, the face of the earth mm-hmm. and his image bearers. And so you see that recreated here, you know, or, uh, in, in the promise to Abraham and you see it being fulfilled. See it, you know, in the promise to Noah again mm-hmm. after, you know, the judgment. And then you see it in the promise of Abraham and you see its fruitfulness here. And that's, I think, what stood out to me in verse 12, although um, it seems more implied than stated. Um, that even the, as the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. So you see what feels like the um, the hand of God, you know, with them mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. so while it's not uh, just overtly said, yeah. And, yeah, and you see what you know Matt has already hinted at. You yeah. see, uh, you know, the the devices and the schemes of Pharaoh coming in direct conflict with the plan of God, right? And mm-hmm. uh, proving you know to be unfruitful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the desperation of Pharaoh. He is desperate to rid, not only to oppress them and to to remove all hope from them, but to remove a generation from them, which would really essentially kill the, their people um, down the line. I mean, it would end the Israelite people. So, I mean, that's desperation. <laughs> he is determined to be rid of these people. Um, and you just think about how threatened by them he had to have felt to, in order to do that. Mm-hmm. But he's going to get his. No, usually, you know, <laughs> you think so. <laughs> We're not supposed I, I'm, to read I'm sorry, the little yeah. spoiler yeah. alert. Wow. You know, moving, moving ahead. Let's God will. go to Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> but, uh, you know, absolutely. You know, in a, in a course, you know, people of power. Um, always, you know, always are desperate to hang on to power, and there's such a deep insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, that you know that comes with that, uh, rather than resting in the powerful one, uh, you know, like the midwives, you know, like the midwives did. And ironically, the way that uh, 
you know, God blesses the midwives <laughs> that they have children, you know, which you know, he had called on for them, you know, to eliminate. So even even their resistance to him is a, a sign of the hand of God, you know, on, on, on these people. Mm-hmm. And that even such a desperate king who is all about keeping his power is being used by the hand of God to accomplish God's purposes. Uh, the op- it, it we're reminded you know, in Proverbs that the, the king's you know, mind is mm-hmm. like a channel of water mm-hmm. you know, in the Lord's hand and it moves it wherever he will. And of course, he's causing all things you know, to work together for the you know, good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And by that, we're not just talking about the small uh, eventualities in our lives. We're talking about the major and the small eventualities in all of history that God you know, causes all things to work together toward the pleasure of his, his will. And he is working in and through these really hard circumstances to bring glory to him and to usher in joy you know, to his people and to bring this story, the recapturing of creation lost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, you know, to a beautiful end. Mm-hmm. It's so hard not to want to get ahead of, of this too because so much of this oppression and this heartache that we're seeing you know when you just read a, ch- a chapter and stop it, it's almost like well come on like god step in you know mm-hmm. and, and we're reminded that this is going to be one of the ways where god's going to hear the cries and the groanings of his people and it says he remembers his covenant with abraham you know isaac and jacob that Right here, we're seeing you God and Katie do have a hard time. You both, you both okay. really wanted, you know, you both it's really want to get ahead. We have a whole weekend, <laughs> you know, to hang on that. Okay. You, know, before. you just have to love that, you know, as we're seeing the oppression of, of God's people. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, well, then of course, this promise to Jacob is when you go to Egypt, well, I'll be with you. Yeah. And hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in the same way, whenever you know Jesus confronts you know Saul on that Damascus road, he says, "Saul, why why are you persecuting me?" And so God deeply identifies you know with mm-hmm. His people, and He deeply identifies with His people in their uh, in their oppression and their sorrow. And he hears he hears their cries, and of course that's what the rest of the book is about. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just one more thought I have is just that he said that those who bless you I will bless, and those who curse you I will curse. And we just read the end of Genesis where Pharaoh is blessed by Jacob, and then we here start seeing the cursing from the An- new another Pharaoh, Pharaoh, another Pharaoh to whom which, Joseph meant nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and you do see that uh, you, you see that you know powerfully moved and you do see an attack, you know, from Pharaoh uh, on the you know, the children uh, you know of Israel. Mm-hmm. And and of course later whenever God comes back to him he'll say, All of Israel is my firstborn and then you will see, you know, God uh, touching the firstborn of anyone whose house was not covered in the blood of the Passover lamb uh, as a part of it. So you have a little bit of hint of that as we move forward. So we look forward, uh, for those of you that are part of the Christ Church family, to seeing you on Sunday and worshiping together, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a people of God. And uh, we pray God's blessing on all of you as you go through the weekend, read mm-hmm. the Psalms, enjoy your family, and enjoy and rejoice in the presence of God and mm-hmm. uh, what He is doing. Matt, why don't you close out the week for us yeah, in prayer? That's right. Although I, I want you praying for the rest of the week. This is just for the podcast. <laughs> just for the podcast. <laughs> See what I can do. Father, we thank you that you are a God of grace, a God who hears our cries and, and knows our situations. Father, mm-hmm. um, we thank you for 
the reminder uh, of your sovereignty, of, uh, of your grace. And, and Father, as we look towards um, this weekend and, and Sunday as your people gather, uh, Father, would you be with them and, and be with us as we gather here? Father, would the, the word be proclaimed faithfully? Would you use it to transform um, your people? Would you save uh, people? And, and Father, we pray for that, uh, not just here at Christ Church, but um, for churches all over the world. God, we thank you for um, your presence, and, and we thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of your son. Would we live um, in light of his grace today? It's in Christ's name we pray. Mm-hmm. Amen.